0: So here's our verses for this week. Matthew 6 verse 33 is the one we've been dealing with the last few weeks. And it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these will be given to you as well. The second verse is Genesis chapter 1 verse 31. and said, God sought all that he had made and it was very good. Not just good, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. The last verse before we talk about the question for a few minutes is Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 through 13. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Which leads us into the question. And for those online, I want you to think about this as well. Think about it for a moment. Just reflect. What are you looking forward to in heaven? This is an important question. You know, as I was even just meditating on it, my dad used to tell me like in his grandpa's sermons, at the end of each one, he would always talk about our hope in heaven. You know, our hope in heaven is one of the things we have to hold on to. And today it's one of the things we don't talk about a lot in our churches. We talk about how to manage relationships. We talk about how to have a blessed life. We don't. We, keep, we get our eyes unfocused from this eternal thing that we have. So how do we bring that back? We just start talking about it again. You know, my encouragement, I want to try to do this more often, is just bring up our hope in heaven. So let me ask you guys, what are you looking forward to in heaven? There's no wrong answers to this question. Good. So the first one is, see Jesus. And what about that are you looking forward to? I agree with you. I think it'll be nice. I don't know what I'll do. You know, that I can only imagine. Have you heard that song? I was thinking about that this week when I was preparing for this. Like, what are you going to do? Do you think you'll say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for helping me. <laughs> you think you'll say, thank you. Can I see your hands? Or will you just, will we even say anything? Will we just fall down and just worship him? Can you believe that one day we'll get to see him? Wow. That's true. Like, we'll get the fullness of the things that we're t- tasting today. Wow, because, you know, for those online, she said she experienced love in a certain level when when we had our son. But she's like, think how much more full and how much more rich the love will be when we get to be in the presence of love. God is love. Oh, wow. Yeah, everything comes. Everything is connected. Like, you're protected with that love. There's joy with that love. Like, I don't know. It's a, it's a bubbling thing. So that's exciting. I can agree with you. you know. You This is one word of wisdom or maybe advice. Next time you're going through some difficulty in this world, just start thinking about heaven. Even just now me thinking, I'm like, whew, man, that's going to be so good. It's going to be so nice to be in heaven one day. I agree with you. Seeing loved ones, seeing babies who, are, who may have never been born, yeah, think about seeing the loved ones, it's kind of nice too, you know, we've lost lots of people, so, yeah, you know, you know, it's cool, I, I was also thinking, like, a lot of people believe when we get to heaven, it's going to be we're in our young bodies, so like, I was even thinking, like, I've only known my amachi like, from 60s up, so it's seeing her, like, 30s, it'll be nice, like, what was she like, and, you know, it'll be fun, I think, and I think Apachen and all the people we've lost already, like, my uncle, like just to see them again in their full form is going to be really exciting. Other things that y'all are looking forward to in heaven? Yeah, no worries, no distractions, no pain, no death. You know, it's interesting, the ver- we get a crown. the verse of the day, I don't know if y'all saw the verse of the day yesterday, it was from Revelations and it says, when there's a new heaven and a new earth, he will take away all the tears and all the, all the pain. And I was like, someone told me, man, this is your answer to your question. What are you looking forward to in heaven? And I thought, wow, that's cool. Any other things? I have a few other things that I wrote on my list. Um, I wrote justice. You know, sometimes in this world, this world is unjust. People are taken advantage of. People are put down. And when God is supreme, there won't be any more injustice. God is going to be the one who is the judge. Yeah, everyone will be equal in God's eyes. There is going to be um, innocence. You know, like in this world, innocence is taken advantage of. You know, people take advantage of little kids or like the Pavan people or the innocent people. But there, God will take care of it. So we look at this lesson, we think of so many wonderful things. And this leads me into my sermon for today. Why do I even bring this up? Because, you know, we're talking about seeking first the kingdom of God. And here's what I want to begin with. Um, there's three main points I want to say. The first thing, I want, well, first thing I wanted you to do was to start to see this heaven. Uh, your eyes have to begin to see this. The second thing I want to recognize and tell you, though, today is that um, God made this world very good. God didn't make this world subpar. He didn't make it mediocre. He made it very good. Meaning, the qualities of heaven are capable here. So your job, you know, you look at not all of these can we see in this world today. But many of these things, I think it is our right and our duty as Christians to begin to see it here. If you are not working towards these things, right? What are you working towards? God has made this place capable of so much goodness. Yet we don't work towards it. Look at this list, right? Joy. Joy is something very possible for you today. You don't have to wait till heaven. And obviously like Hep said, the fullness of it will be seen there. But we are in the business of bringing heaven here. That's what I want to encourage you today. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? It's heaven. He's saying the priority of your life is making heaven here. And I need you to start thinking about the things that you're looking for. You can bring love here. You can bring peace here. You can bring no worries here. You can bring justice here and innocence. There is, you can bring this hunger for God, this longing for God. Longing for God. There's so many things that you can do. And very clearly God told me, this was like a word he said, it is your duty and your right to fight for this. It is your duty and your right to fight for heaven on earth. I want you to think about that, right? When you you aim for this, there's something different about you. There's a joy inside of you that's different. If you are aiming for these things, you are different because everyone in the world is just going for this earth. I'll give you an example of this. So one of the things that I think is very important as Christians is that we have joy. Joy, unspeakable joy. Joy is the idea that Your attitude is not dictated by your situation. Too many people are dictated by their situation. If something stressful happens, we stress. Something sad happens, we're sad. Joy is putting your foundation in God and saying, nothing can take that away from you. Even if things don't work out, God is seated on the throne. So if you had a bad day, you can still have joy. So every day that I go to work, one of the common sayings I always say is, today is going to be a great day. I always say this. Like, you know, if it's Monday, you know, as one of my coworkers, Mondays are terrible days. No, today is going to be a great day. We have to start to verbalize the things that God has allowed us. Because if you in your mind say, okay, it's just an average day, guess what? It's just going to be an average day. He has given us the opportunity of heaven. So why not? So one of the things I always say is it's going to be a great day. Well, it's cool because, you know, as you start doing these things and you walk, enjoy, people notice something different about you. There is a heaven inside of me that they're getting to partake of. And I've said this story, but I'll mention it again. I had one student in my class. He's in my eighth period. And, you know, as the, uh, one of the also nice things that I try to do is I try to encourage my students. So I'll be like, you know, you're a great man. Or if it's a girl, I'll be, you're a great girl. I really appreciate you're a great student. I always try to encourage them a lot of them have a lot of negative self-talk so i'll be like you know you're great and this guy is nice that he'll say things back to me he's like you're a great man mr thomas and so it makes me happy i don't know i, I think words encourage me a lot <laughs> so anyways he's like you're a great man i'm like man you're great we're just like kind of going back and forth encouraging each other and this is the kid who's like already started a business he does car detailing so like he'll go he'll have school in the morning has soccer practice goes works two hours in his detailing business and then goes and studies and he does good in all of it so i was like man i'm proud of you i want to be great like you one day like he has like a business at 17 years old like what are you like you're doing amazing things and then he looked at me and he said mr thomas one day i want to have as much joy as you have and i was like wow like we are an image bearer of the heaven that we get to go to one day and the thing is, a lot of people don't have those things. They may have everything of this world, but they don't have any peace inside of them. They don't have any joy. And the Christian's duty is, we are the carriers of that wherever we go. You have to seek the kingdom of God first. But so many people are like, Sam, this world is so wretched. There's no hope here. You, know, you talk to most Christians, they're like, I'm just ready to go to heaven. That was one thing that always bothered me. I'm ready to go to heaven. What, what about this thing? God gave you this thing in a good way. He wanted you to enjoy this place. This meant to be like heaven. So it always frustrated me. Like, stop trying to avoid this thing. Make this thing better. Work for this thing. And it makes me think, if you are not interested in bringing joy here or peace here, what makes you think you'll enjoy heaven? You know what I mean? If you don't want joy today, what makes you think you're going to enjoy that? One of the things I always wonder is like, it says we're going to shout before God. Literally, that's one of the like people worshiping God with their whole heart. I'm like, it's so hard for people to do that. I'm wondering, what are you going to do in heaven? That's all we're going to do most of the day, I think. What makes you think? I'll give you another example of this. You know, as God has kind of put me in in more of a leadership role and and, uh, used me, there was one couple I was talking with. And, you know, they were a young couple that was going through some struggles. And uh, they were just fighting like cats and dogs. And, you know, I sat down with them and I was like, you know, you have, to, you have to fight for the kingdom of God in your family. No one else can do that. You have to fight for the peace in your family. So I was like, okay, what's wrong? And I let them open the floor to like their grievances. And for 15 minutes, the husband had all the f- faults of the wife. And then I was like, all right, that's enough, that's enough. He had more, but I made him stop. <laughs> and then the wife, I said, okay, what are your grievances? And she had 15 minutes of complaints about the husband. <laughs> and I was like, okay, you can live in your negativity and the negative things of your spouse. But for the sake of your children, for the sake of your life, like you have to do something different. You have to fight for the kingdom of God in your home. So I was like, can you say anything good about the other person? Crickets. Like nothing could be said good about the other person. So I said, all right, what about like can you all try to serve each other? You know, like establish the kingdom of God in your home. Like maybe you go one week of just wash each other's feet. Just like Jesus showed his disciples. They said, Sam, we're way past that stage. None of that stuff is going to work for us anymore. (laughs) And I thought to myself, if you don't fight for heaven here, where do you think you're going? Where do you think you will go? Heaven is meant to be experienced here. If you can't humble yourself here, you are not going to fit in over there. So I want to encourage you, heaven is your right here. Today, it is your duty to fight for the kingdom of God here. And it's a fight because everything is going to go against you to be like the world. Think about this. They said it's the Garden of Eden. You know, the Garden of Eden is a glimpse of what heaven can look like. Can you agree with me? Why did he say garden? You know, Garden of Eden. He could have said, he could have made a palace. Why don't you live in a palace if that's what I would think of when I think of heaven? Why did he make a garden? My mother and father know this. They've been working on their garden a lot. Gardens require work, right? Gardens are not something that you can just come sit there. And like twiddle your thumbs all day and just look, you have to work. The kingdom of God requires work. And think about this. That garden that was supposed to establish the kingdom, everything was working together to bring glory to God. And that still required work. Now everything is going against the kingdom of God coming. Everything is going against you. Right, Everyone is so selfish in this world, so guess what you have to become? I have to be selfish because if I don't look out for me, then no one will. That's not the kingdom of God. You understand that? You have to fight against it because it's so hard when people are so mean to you. You have to fight for the kingdom. Not only will people be against you, the enemy is against you. The enemy is literally always constantly putting you down, putting negative thoughts in your head saying, no, you need to be mean to these people. You need to hold on to more. I need to worry about my life, right? The enemy is putting you down. And on top of that, we have our own issues that we have to deal with. All of our parents are born in sin, so I'm born in sin. And my son is born in sin. We all have our own issues that we're dealing with. Everything is a battle against us to establish the kingdom. And in the midst of that, your responsibility is you have to fight for the kingdom. You have to fight for heaven here on earth. That is your worship to God. That is your worship to God. So I want to encourage you, you know, look at Jesus today. He literally was trying his best to establish the kingdom of God. And guess what happened to him? He was killed. So it is not easy. I say this week after the week, but I encourage you if you are really interested in seeking God, it won't be easy. It will be work. It will be like establishing a garden. It will be daily work that you have to check on it and grow it and cultivate it. And everything will be against you, but you have to fight for it. I'm gonna give you a few examples of how some just practical things of the garden that we can learn. But if I can emphasize and we can look up, there are three things that I think will help you begin to establish heaven on earth. The first thing was having a vision. This is why I made you start talking about heaven first. You have to begin to see heaven in your life before you can have a heaven. I told my students this phrase, and I think it's an important phrase. Vision precedes action. If you cannot see heaven here, you will never live it out. If all you've ever known is fighting in your family and chaos and struggling with your coworkers and not living into your potential, that's all you will do. The scriptures are meant to give us a vision of what's possible. So see differently first. That's why we talked about heaven. The second thing I want to say is aim for it. Like Not only can you just see, because seeing is just what dreamers do. Aiming is saying, This is a priority of my life. You have to say to yourself, I want to bring heaven here. And you come with a plan. You say, maybe this week I want to see heaven in my neighborhood. So I will go meet some neighbors. I will go just take some, uh, maybe a donut or something, and I'll go say hi to a neighbor. Or I want to see heaven in my grocery store or wherever. You have to be articulate and clear and have a clear aim. And the last thing I will say is recognize the, the hard work that's required. Just like I said, it's the Garden of Eden. You have to recognize that it's gonna be difficult to implement it. Oh, woo! You better say it for those online. He said the aim, aim, A-I-M represents always in your mind. You know, another word that came to mind is focus. You have to have a focus, it's always in your mind, this thing. So I'm going to give you two practical ways of bringing heaven to earth today. Um, First, I don't even have a picture for it, but it's loving others. So if we look at the garden, if you think about it up front, like we were built to love other people. We were made like that. You even think about it. Like Adam and Eve, when Eve was tempted, where was Adam? Adam was right there with her. He was always with her. He was joined together with her. They have a love for each other. And even after they sinned, what did they do? They made fig leaves for each other. They looked out for each other. But as we get further and further from the way of God, we make things more about ourselves. And that's why I brought up the verses of Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through 13, because guess what happened? When God asked Who told you you were naked? What did Adam say? He blamed somebody else, right? The second sin comes in the way, we we become more and more about ourselves. And I look at the church today, and I want them to just begin to think, what would it look like if you were in an embodiment of loving others? You have to have a vision of that that we are meant to look out for other people. And then you have to begin to aim for it, have that in your mind and focus. Okay, when I go to work this week, I want to be intentional to love people. When I go to the grocery store, you know, it's interesting, and I, as I've been thinking about seeking the kingdom of God, like Dad said, it's always been in my mind. So even when I went to Aldi last week, you know, I thought to myself, What can I do to seek the kingdom of God here? How can I? Every place that you go becomes an opportunity to show God. So we just did a small thing. I took a gift card. I put $10 on it. And I gave it to the cashier. And I said, hey, give it to somebody else. Like just if you see someone who might need it, give it to them. So it's me engaging with the world. Like how can I bless someone else's life? You know, God gives to me generously. Why can't I do the same for somebody else? And you know the craziest part? As I said that and I gave the gift card, he said, God bless you. You know what I mean? Like normally people don't, he says, have a good day. That's the normal way people leave. But as we begin to fight for the kingdom of God, God comes into our situations. You are sometimes the closest God or the closest Jesus people get to see. So don't take that lightly. Take that, with, take that with a seriousness and a responsibility. I have to be an agent of love. You know, one of the things, I'll give you another example of this. You know, I really try to embody this. One, another thing that I like to do is at the end of every school year, I write a letter to my class. And I tell them all of the, you know, thank you for putting up with me and all of these things. And I say, y'all are kind to people. But then I go through each student one by one and I write one thing that they'll take or I'll take from them. And this was done to me. My high school teacher did this to me, which is why I love doing it to them because I remember feeling so valued. And it's been hard, man. I don't have time. You know how long it takes to write things about people? You know what I mean? Like I I try to write at least two or three sentences. And I have 25 students per class. I have like 125 kids. You have to write one thing about? Takes time. This is what I'm meaning. Like if you want to be an agent, it literally, you have to have an aim for it. Otherwise you won't do it. You're going against the normal flow of life. But the impact of it is something that, man, it's like worth it. One of the girls was from my class last year came to me cause she's graduating. And she wrote me a letter saying, you don't know how much that means to me. She says, there's many days that I'm going through hardship and I'm feeling bad and I'll pull out the letter and read the positive thing about me. And she says, it makes my day so much better. And then it makes me think, we are capable of bringing heaven on this earth for people. People can feel God's love through your life. What a beautiful opportunity we have. He didn't love you just so that you can be happy. He loved you so you can go love people. Oh, and it's so worth it. Just to think that a small thing that I did for her was able to impact her life you are able to do the same. But you have to have that focus and that aim to say, God, I can bring the kingdom here. I'll give one more thing and then I'll wrap up for the day. Another beautiful thing that I think that we are able to do that, to, that we saw in Genesis is not only loving other people, but having a deep relationship with God. We can have a deep relationship with God. If you look at Genesis verse 8, they heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden. Have you thought about that? What kind of connection would that be with God? Man, I can't even imagine it. Imagine God walking with you. And it just makes me think that is available for us today. This is not something like something far away. You know, Enoch walked with God. But like I said, it's difficult today. It's difficult because there's everything pushing against you. But just imagine for a moment the one who created all of this talking with you. You know what I mean? The one who died for us. Sometimes when I'm sitting at the dinner table and no one is there, he already fell asleep, I'm eating my cereal. I just imagine God sitting on the other end. Can you imagine one day when we get to sit with God and commune with Him? There's nothing better in this world. So I want to encourage you Just like a part of heaven is loving other people and bringing that into fulfillment, another part of heaven is you could have a deep relationship with God here. Yet we don't work towards that. Do you understand Jesus, when he wanted to grow his connection with God, what did he do? He went far away, away from everybody else, and he spent the entire night with God, saying, God, you are the priority of this life. Nothing else matters yet we will fill ourselves with a show or extracurriculars or just fun things we want to do, and we don't even recognize we have an opportunity at heaven here with our connection with God. You have an opportunity at heaven, so work towards that. I don't have all the answers towards that relationship with God things. I can't give you a nice story of me seeing God face-to-face, but that's my hope. That's what I'm working towards today. And even these next seven days, I'm, partaking, I'm going to be trying to fast. And my hope is that, you know, as I'm spending time in that closet by myself, we'll get to see God face to face. So I just encourage each one of you today. Heaven is your duty and your responsibility. God has given you a chance at something good. So don't give that up. Don't give that up and think, oh man, I'm just waiting for heaven. Today, right now, in your life, you have the possibility of every wonderful thing of heaven today. And like I said, it is going to be hard, and the enemy will push against you and try to crush you. But if you will fight for that, you don't understand how much of a meaningful life you can live, but more than that, how many people you can impact. How many lives can taste the goodness of God because of you? Because of the God who's working in you, they will experience something eternal. And that's all God wants of you. That's all God is asking. Can you just share with other people what you've tasted? So as always, I'll end with this, just a practical thing. What will you do different? How will you fight for heaven here? Maybe you want to see heaven in your home. Pray for that. Maybe you have chaos and you don't have any Y'all don't talk to each other in the home. Pray for peace in your home and start to work towards it. Maybe you don't have peace in your workplace. Maybe it's when you go to the grocery store. Maybe it's when you go to the gym. It's you saying, God, I want to bring heaven with me. And I promise you this, as we do this, many will get to taste the goodness of God and many will come to know him. So take a moment. Um, Jessica is going to come forward and help me with the last song. But just take a moment and think, what is one thing I can do this week? Maybe it's your relationship with God like I talked about. Maybe you have not cultivated that like you should have. You haven't seen the goodness of how a relationship with God can be. So cultivate that this week. Maybe it's loving others. You are so consumed with yourself that no one around you even feels love. Christians should be known for their love. So we're going to end um, with a word of prayer. And then we're going to sing the song, the hymn of heaven. And I love it that even in the midst of this, as we work to see heaven here, there's going to be hardships and things that will keep us far from that. But we have a hope one day that one day we get to join God in heaven. Where all of this Won't be like this. And that we'll get to see God face to face. But don't give up the thing he's given you today. Don't give it up. Fight for heaven here. Jesus didn't die on the cross so that we would continue living in hell here. He died on the cross that you would have life and life to the full. So I'm going to end with a word of prayer. And then we'll sing together. Dear God, Lord, we come to you today, Lord, and we thank you Lord, for everything that you do for us, God. Thank you, God, that you give us an opportunity at life and peace and joy and all of the things that we're going to get to experience fully in heaven, God. Thank you for that today. There is no one like you, God. There is no one like you. And I pray that our life would be seeking your kingdom first. God, it's so easy to live for this world. So, Lord, I pray today that you would help us to live for you. God, I pray that you would continue to minister in the hearts of people. As as they're meditating on your words, Lord, I pray it would go deep and it would produce fruit, God. I pray for anyone listening online who may be struggling with anything. Cover them under the blood of Jesus, whether they're in the car or at the gym or just listening at home. Cover them under the blood of Jesus, that heaven would go where they go. Thank you, Lord, for the victory that you've given us through the cross. We give you all the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.